independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about today. Unfortunately, uh, we are still discussing uh, what happened in Uvalde. Uh, The conversation has certainly uh, changed a couple times. Uh, And of course, the very first thing to say anytime I bring up this topic is how horrific this tragedy was. How um, it's one of those things that no matter how numb, I guess I'll say it this way, no matter how numb our society gets, to mass murder, to uh, mass shootings. And we do, we get numb. I'm not indicting. I'm not uh, telling us uh, any, I'm not trying to say something that you take as a political statement within that. I'm just saying a simple fact. Uh, When kids get killed, when third, fourth, fifth graders uh, are shot by an 18 year old evil human, uh, which is the way I continue to describe this, uh, this gunman um, there, there's nothing I think that, um, uh, allows us to move on in the same way. You're you're not quite ever going to be numb to the idea of this and the tragedy and the different stories and conversations coming out of it. Uh, the husband who passed away, I think just yesterday of a heart attack who had lost his wife, one of the two teachers uh, that was shot and killed. Uh, they, that family, uh, four children now, uh, all in their uh, teens or early 20s, uh, have gotten uh, $1.5 million. That certainly doesn't help at all in replacing your parents, uh, but $1.5 million from GoFundMe. Uh, people are just donating money to try to help that family in any way it can. Uh, and honestly, like those are the moments where I feel proud about humans, proud about our society, proud about our country uh, when we do things like that. But anyway, uh, the conversation now, and certainly the conversation in some of the conservative places that I've been going, uh, talks about the police response itself. Uh, and before I even get into this, I am very much pro-police, Uh, I believe in so much of what every single person who uh, agrees to uh, defend our communities, to protect us, to run toward danger as people run away from it. I believe in the specialness of the individuals who take on a job like that, the uniqueness, the bravery, all of those things, uh, as does uh, Tucker Carlson, as does Fox News. Uh, So these questions, this conversation about this specific response to this type of horrific tragedy or this type of horrific event, I think is meaningful mostly because we want to understand why the system that's supposed to work, uh, the system that should allow us to to utilize our Second Amendment right to have have guns, to own guns, but also do things like protect schools and protect children. Why didn't it work? Uh, The political argument on the left right now, the political argument with Democrats is take away all the guns. Uh, which is irrational, uh, won't work, I'm going to be honest, um, even if it was attempted and even if it has been, and you've probably heard, uh, it's something that's worked in other countries. Uh, those countries were different than ours. Uh, the amount of Americans that uh, own guns because of our Second Amendment right to own them, uniquely higher uh, than several other countries that decided to have stricter gun laws. So a different challenge here in the United States and one in which uh, I very much believe in the right to own a gun in and of itself. Uh, That does not cause the crime. The evil person is the one that chooses to commit the crime. And I do think those evil people would find a way to get a gun anyway, if it was legal or not. But anyway, all of this is to say uh, that doubt has now been cast on the way in which law enforcement in Uvalde responded to this, um, and significantly so. Uh, What I understand of the events, and I'm going to play some of Tucker Carlson yesterday, uh, his open and some of the other things he said uh, he was playing audio 
uh, audio that we can play as well. That audio is of a, a, a Texas Ranger that's now in charge of investigating uh, what occurred on Tuesday, how law enforcement responded to the situation. Uh, but I will just say this again, in response to everything uh, that's going on and questioning the police, I think the reason this is happening is not political. As some will say, it's not because uh, Republicans refuse to accept that gun control is the only solution to a problem here. Uh, it's not. Uh, this system breaking and breaking as substantially as it did in multiple ways uh, is a likely reason why something as horrific as Tuesday happened. And it matters uh, to talk about and understand this sort of thing. So, all right. Uh, first, the open. Uh, Tucker Carlson set the table, uh, which I want him to do because I'm going to steal from his show a bit today, uh, and said the story that we were told by police uh, after this event. Uh, we were actually told this by uh, Governor Greg Abbott as well. Uh, other members of, of uh, the political uh, leadership within Texas uh, we were told that police responded immediately and encountered the uh, shooter, went in after him within minutes. All the things that naively or maybe even somewhat, um, I don't know what the right word would be, but but as Americans, we expect this. We expect our police department to sacrifice their lives, to run toward danger, as I said a second ago. And in the last few years, a certain subset of this country has also vilified police in way after way, demanding things like defunding them. So it's unique uh, to think that right now part of society already hates people who do this job, but all of society, uh, the people who hate police and the people who, who support police like me, expect them to willingly risk their lives, especially to save children. That is definitely an expectation we have. Uh, here's how Tucker set it up. Law enforcement showed amazing courage by running toward gunfire for the singular purpose of trying to save lives, end quote. And we heard that and we wanted to believe it. Most of the time we admire law enforcement. They take an awful lot of abuse to do a hard and essential job for not much pay. If you think you don't need the police, go ahead and defund them and see what happens. <laughs> so that explanation sounded good to us. But was it true? So that is, again, uh, sort of the way in which so many process the story to begin with. We were told, especially by Governor Abbott, that that is how things occurred. And we just expect it. Uh, again, I think that maybe there's a valuable component to realizing that as as American people, uh, because I've been in other countries where law enforcement is tremendously different, uh, countries where you need to bribe them to do anything to help you out. Uh, these are things that we do not expect in this country, even as politicians and parts of our society vilify police officers on an almost daily basis. We expect uh, those officers, when you dial 911, to arrive at a scene and to willingly risk their life to save you or to save it and certainly to save children. Uh, now he continued. Uh, Tucker mentioned an eyewitness story and also some video evidence that's been uh, appearing online in the last few days. A witness called Juan Carranza, who lives next to the school, said he saw everything that happened. Carranza said to the Associated Press he had watched Ramos crash his truck outside the elementary school, take a rifle and shoot at two people at a funeral home nearby. Ramos then began shooting at the school building before running inside the school about 10 minutes later. It was a shocking story. It was the opposite of what authorities had told us for more than 24 hours. Well, in the last day, videos have emerged corroborating Carranza's version of events. Those videos show police officers with rifles and body armor standing outside the school. It's not clear if the gunman was still shooting at this point, but we do know the gunman was still alive. And yet, instead of going into the school, the police instead worked to keep parents out of the school for a full hour. 
Uh, Tucker actually went on, and I will probably play this audio at some other point in the show today, uh, went on to describe one specific parent, um, a, a mom uh, who was arrested for a, a few moments, I don't know exactly how long, for um, uh, more and more aggressively yelling at police to go in and protect the children, including her two kids uh, who were inside that school. Uh, this mother, as I said, was handcuffed and detained by police, but eventually uh, they let her go. Uh, she then, uh, according to several different people and admitting it herself, uh, walked away from the crowd, separated herself from the crowd, snuck into the school by jumping a fence, got her two children out and ran back home with her kids. Sort of an unbelievable and incredible story of that mom's courage to try to save her own children. Uh, several other parents trying to do the same thing, uh, dealing with police. And again, I am not intent to vilify police. Uh, as a whole, there's no reason to have conversations about when a certain smaller group of individuals, say the Uvalde department, makes a certain decision and deciding that all officers would behave the same way. And we don't know all the details. As has been pointed out again and again, the official investigation, the one that actually takes time and doesn't work off of the demands of social media to get something done uh, immediately, within seconds after something is has happened and after we all wonder uh, what the story, what the actual uh, series of events are, uh, that will take time. And I will wait to have a definitive answer to the question, did the police do what they should have done until we know all of the details? Uh, but you have to admit, and it's just simply human nature, uh, to think that if uh, your child was inside of that uh, building, that you would be as upset as the parents of Uvalde seem to be on the opportunity or the um, likelihood of this to be the accurate series of events that cops waited for a specialist team. I want to play a little bit more, Tucker. Uh, this is how he kind of closed off that topic on his show. Uh, he did, again, as as I will say, uh, reiterate his support for police, police departments, uh, the idea, uh, which is something that's been overly politicized and discussed in ridiculous ways. But needing these answers, wanting these answers, is appropriate in any tragedy, certainly even more so in a tragedy as uniquely horrific as this one. Now, no matter how pro-law enforcement you are, and we are, there's only so much BS you can take in the face of a tragedy like this. We're waiting for specialized equipment. You have an 18-year-old with a firearm and little kids being killed. What kind of specialty equipment do you need? Negotiators, really? As children are being murdered? So if police waited for over an hour outside after uh, initially engaging the shooter who got into the school on his own, uh, the, the shooter got in without a um, resource officer confronting him, as was originally reported. That has been... Uh, debunked by these uh, police officers, by these Texas Rangers who are investigating this um, this response now. Uh, that did not happen. Uh, the student got, or the the shooter, the 18-year-old, uh, got through an open door, uh, got into the school after spending 12 minutes outside firing his gun at other people, uh, people that he did not uh, uh, thankfully hit. Uh, then he gets into the school, locks himself in a room, um, Barricaded is an interesting word that's also been objected to. Was it just a a well-reinforced door uh, that he's behind, or is he truly bar barricaded somehow? Uh, these are answers we'll get as well. Uh, but beyond that, he then takes the lives of of um, a lot of children. I, I, I struggle with that part of the story. It's so horrific. Uh, 19 children, uh, two adults. Um, 
And then eventually, uh, when specialist teams do arrive, uh, including Border Patrol elite agents, they successfully subdue, kill uh, the shooter. Uh, one other thing that I did hear and I thought was interesting. Uh, this is Brian Kilmeade. This is also Fox News. Uh, Lawrence Jones was reporting on the story from Texas. I uh, had several conversations with law enforcement. At one point, Lawrence said that they are doing bad PR, uh, that law enforcement isn't really good at public relations. That's not really... Uh, their focus uh, as a as an entity in our society. Uh, they're more an entity that deals with the horrific things that happen. And then when they tell a story, they struggle to tell it uh, the valuable way that the American people need to hear it and not a way that maybe law enforcement uh, would relay events to each other. Uh, and Brian Kilmeade pushed back. He said that, no, uh, there's aspects of what we learned in the early parts of this and what we know now uh, that seem to be more just lies than bad PR. Lawrence, the community I, I understand members, what you're saying. I understand but their questions, Lawrence, and I think it, it's fair. I, but again, I, right. the double thinking of that moment, I, I don't think it's fair at all. Well, the thing is, if the attack unit is there early, they do go in right away. They do get the keys rather than blow open the door uh, because it is fortified, as you brought up yesterday, and it is harder to get through, as you mentioned, uh, Pete. Uh, they didn't have the training to get through. And the one thing to keep in mind, although the shooting stopped, and that's a, that's a fine answer, the kids were bleeding. So the sooner you get in there, who knows what an EMT could have been able to do had they got in there quicker. And they're not trained, essentially, to handle this. And there's no excuse to leave that back door open. And there's no excuse to come out with some fable that they were engaged by a resource officer that was armed when that is flat-out fiction. That is, that's not bad communication. That is a lie. Uh, Lawrence did go on to say that the police themselves don't really know where that story came from, or at least that's the um, version of events he is now hearing, reporting on and talking to them. And it may have originated with uh, Governor Abbott, uh, although I don't think that was ever actually expressly stated. Uh, but that is where the American people for the first time heard uh, that part of the series of events was during the initial press conference uh, from the governor in Texas. So I don't have uh, answers to these questions. And I don't have interest in going after law enforcement ever uh, on any show I'm ever in. Uh, certainly not filling in for Chad on this uh, incredibly large show uh, that, that he hosts on a daily basis. Uh, but these facts do matter. Uh, and these questions, certainly from these parents, uh, deserve to be asked and deserve to be eventually uh, given actual honest answers. Uh, and it is something uh, to say that at least even if law enforcement and those now that are investigating this are being attacked on a daily basis on social media for not answering questions uh, quite yet, that like in that profession, how you're supposed to do it, they are waiting to get all the details before confirming exactly what occurred. Uh, but this is certainly something that I think we'll continue to talk about and questions that need to be asked and not to avoid, I want to say this and then we'll take a break, not to avoid the conversation about gun control uh, potentially being a solution to mass uh, shootings in our society, uh, which some are accusing Republicans of going down this road purposely to avoid uh, that, I think, failed conversation. It is to understand why the system that on paper uh, should have prevented something as awful as this uh, did not prevent something as awful as this. Why was a door unlocked? Why was there no resource officer there? Why was uh, the point of entry that the school is supposed to have the only one uh, not monitored or, or what was going on in that scenario? And then finally, uh, since all the latest training tells officers to immediately um, go into an active shooter situation to risk their lives, 
had an American uh, uh, expectation uh, that is uh, the reason why that job is so hard, as I said. Uh, but to immediately go and try to subdue a shooter, uh, that's the most recent way they train officers to handle this. Why potentially did that not occur? Uh, a quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. My pillow has massive discounts right now. Blowouts of the My Slippers. Incredible $90 savings. Regular price, $139.98. Yours, $49.98 with promo code Benson. So you're going to want to go to MyPillow.com slash Benson. Let me tell you about it. it. Took two years to develop these amazing four-tier cushion slippers. All right, you got the MyPillow patented fill, comfort memory foam, patented impact gel, indoor outdoor sole, tons of different styles and colors, super incredible quality leather suede, six-day money-back guarantee, one-year limited warranty. Get yours now. Save big. $90 off your MyPillow slippers. Go to MyPillow.com slash Benson. That's MyPillow.com slash Benson. Check out all the BOGO that's still going on. Buy one, get one free extravaganza. But grab these slippers. MyPillow.com slash Benson or call 800-983-4975 today. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, Beto O'Rourke made news uh, this week, uh, mostly for being called a a sick son of a bee uh, by the, uh, I think that was the mayor of Uvalde, uh, Don McLaughlin. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. They actually caught up with Don, uh, I think, after uh, that um, fight, whatever you want to call it, that uh, shouting match occurred. Uh, Beto... Uh, was gross. There, there's no other way to describe that. Uh, when you decide to show up at a press conference in which the current leadership of any uh, state, any city, any place in the country uh, is giving us information, important information about a horrific thing that happened uh, in Uvalde, Texas, the wrong thing to do as a uh, politician who's trying to also become uh, the new governor of Texas, the wrong thing to do is show up an event like that and start doing politics. Start yelling at how you can do a better job than the people in charge. It was disgusting, definitively. Uh, here is what uh, uh, the Uvalde mayor said after cooling down a little bit. Hey, this is my stand on that. They want to have that discussion. That's fine. But that event today was not the place or the time to come in there and attack the governor or anybody else. If he wants to have that discussion, have it outside somewhere or something. Not in that building where we're trying to get the people there. This community is broken right now. When no community should have to go through what we can do in this community. Uh, if you can't hear, since it is a little bit of muted audio there, he says no community should have to go through uh, what this community is going through right now. And a discussion about things like gun control is fine. 
uh, not here, not in this setting. We'll have it some other place, and we will both have strong opinions about it, of course. I imagine uh, the mayor will have a strong opinion, as do uh, a lot of conservative politicians. Uh, but here's the thing, and that is absolutely the most valuable part of what uh, the mayor of, of Uvalde, uh, Don McLaughlin, is saying, is that right now people are in mourning. Uh, people are devastated uh, by what occurred, and it is not the appropriate moment. And this is just simply like being a, a human being, in my opinion, like doing the right thing, the thing you should do as, as a good human person. Uh, the right thing is not choosing that venue, that establishment, to have an argument like this. It does not help people heal. I will be honest about that, and then we will move on uh, to some other things happening in the world. Uh, but right now, any Democratic politician uh, who is out there begging us to do something for the first time, uh, in their opinion, to do something that will actually prevent horrific things like this from happening again, uh, one thing you are not doing in this moment is helping those parents feel any better at all. At least that's my opinion. I can't actually speak uh, for people going through this tragedy, but I believe that you probably sort these things out later on. Uh, you go through every part of, uh, all right, what are my beliefs here? What are my beliefs there? What are all these different things that I feel and think uh, at a different time? Certainly for the community at large, it would make sense later on to have those discussions, not uh, a day, two days after the emotional turmoil uh, that has to be the devastation of that of that event. This is a moment where you just simply provide facts. And I guess the only way I can actually say this with any level of experience, which has nothing to do uh, nowhere near as close uh, to what's going on right now in Uvalde. But if you've ever had anyone in your life who goes through something tremendously difficult, losing a loved one, whatever it might be that they go through, uh, the first thing you do not do is give them a bunch of opinion. You don't give them a bunch of here's what I think should have happened uh, kind of things. You just are there to care for that individual and there to listen to them more than do anything else. Our politicians are so disconnected from our society, they, they don't seem to do that anymore. Uh, oftentimes, actually, in a lot of ways, I think they don't behave like regular humans, and I don't know how that changes. I actually am genuinely curious in the world of a politician. I'll give you another example. Our current president, time and again, he will tell us uh, in some sort of tragedy, whether it's the Russian invasion of Ukraine, whatever it might be, uh, that he sees opportunity. It's one of the things I hate the most uh, when I hear politicians say it is this tragedy provides us with opportunity. Uh, that's not how normal people think. We do not think about tragedy and opportunity as connected the way that politicians do because they see it as something that's actually available to them uh, to maybe make some sort of statement that gets them more support. That's all the game is. Uh, in the world of politicians, they just want to be supported uh, all the time. And any moment that they're not, uh, they look for another way to be supported. All right, I do want to move on. Um, we, uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked several questions about baby formula. Uh, certainly a conversation that I think we will continue to have. Uh, one of those questions was if, was if Biden still has confidence in the FDA's ability to deal with situations I like a shortage of baby formula. Uh, if you don't know the series of events that occurred here, uh, as I am told, as many people now seem to understand, um, the FDA notified this administration back in February that there was, because of the Abbott closing, going to be a shortage in baby formula and going to need to be a solution. And then nobody did anything until we got to the point where shelves didn't have baby formula on them. Then all of a sudden, everyone kicked into action and the president said we needed to be 
uh, uh, psychics to be able to handle this better, which is just utterly ridiculous. Uh, but here is the question and the answer about whether or not the FDA still deserves any kind of confidence. I think the answer is probably no. And I think most parents who dealt with uh, trying to find and even some failing to find baby film formula would say no as well. Uh, Corinne, not so much. But before that, I, I want to ask you a quick one about the FDA and uh, the baby formula shortage there. Um, it, it's lasted months, and, and we're not just talking about baby formula either. There are infants, children, and adults with different metabolic disorders who are risking permanent irreversible damage the longer they go without special formulas um, that are manufactured at, at Nutrition. I'm wondering, uh, does the president have confidence in the FDA's ability to deal with situations like this? And as he's been monitoring the situation, does he still have confidence in his FDA director? Yes, yes and yes. Um, so <laughs> the FDA has... <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to be honest. Uh, in the world of politics, again, I was saying a second ago that their humanity seems like it's gone. Uh, they see a tragedy and then they see a way that they can politicize it into a win for them, uh, which is just gross. But also like this, uh, these moments where a question can be asked by any reporter at any event, uh, similar to the way maybe we would get judged if we did a terrible job at work uh, for whatever our job might be, uh, probably not as important as making sure that baby formula is available to the American people. Uh, but in all honesty, uh, we could have a question that's that detailed, that specific about all the failures, all the ways in which, which this should have been handled better. And then the simple question, are we still feeling good about the people in charge? And the answer is just, yeah, we are. We feel great about them. They dropped the ball on this and caused a big, giant problem, and we had to fly in baby formula from other countries. But is he doing a good job other than that massive failure? You better believe he is. has an important mission, right, is to make sure that the infant formula on the shelf isn't just available, but also that it's safe. And as a parent... And so we took it all off the shelves because it wasn't safe, and then we didn't replace it because whoops on us. But that guy, again, he's doing a great job. The FDA, the entire team there, they're crushing it outside of the whole fact that there was nothing on those shelves for a little bit. I understand the frustration. I understand the fear of not make, not knowing if you have a safe. And All right. I, I also hate this, actually. I got to be honest. I hate the I understand part when you're the one who caused the problem. If your uh, administration, if uh, the politicians that are in charge right now are the ones that screw something up, they're the ones that actively make something bad, they cannot also be the ones that get it. Because if they got it, they wouldn't have made it a problem in the first place. That's how that typically works. If you understand the challenge, you don't also go, ah, oh, my bad. I also was on us to not get this better. All right. One other thing I want to talk about quickly, and then we'll take a break. Um, there's this guy. I don't know him well. I'm, I guess I'm not up to date on all the famous young actors out there in the world. His name is Dominic Fike. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Uh, he's 26 years old. He stars in the TV show uh, Euphoria uh, that is very, very popular uh, with young people, uh, so much so that there's a whole bunch of social media jokes uh, about this show. Uh, but anyway, this guy was performing at a, a college, uh, Northwestern University, for some event that took place over the weekend. Uh, this was just a, a week ago, but it's going viral now. Um, apparently, during that stage performance, he made a joke about Amber Heard. Uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, definitely a discussion a lot of young people are also having. Uh, his joke was that he thought Amber Heard was so hot uh, that he would like to be beat up by her. That was a real thing. Uh, he said into a microphone and then faced a lot of controversy for it. Uh, and I know there's a lot of jokes, uh, or at least there used to be, before uh, woke culture took over. 
about guys being willing to deal with crazy uh, based on level of hotness. It's the crazy hot scale. It's a thing. I think even uh, How I Met Your Mother, a TV show, made fun of that. So that's not on me. If anyone wants to get mad and write letters, don't send them to Chad or me. Send them to whoever made uh, that television show. Uh, but I think that that's too far. I'm just going to give Dominic some one-on-one -on -one advice. I hope that this actor listens to the Chad Benson show. I uh, heard in a whole lot of places, so it'd be easy for you to pick it up. Uh, but Dominic, you should not want uh, Amber Heard to beat you up. I got to be out like this. She's looked terrible um, recently. And I, I actually said for a while, I haven't been in uh, on here, uh, but some other places that I do radio, uh, that everybody in that courtroom looks pretty bad. Uh, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. It looks like a very volatile, very broken, very Hollywood, maybe, uh, relationship and marriage uh, that devolved into a lot of chaos very often. Uh, but over the last week or so, as some things, even the Kate Moss testimony uh, demonstrated that Amber Heard might have purposefully or misunderstood things. Uh, I think that's what she said, is that she believed a series of events that Kate Moss said weren't true about other moments in Johnny Depp's previous relationships. Uh, but through all this, like every single part of it, Amber's the one who's been caught lying much more often uh, than Johnny Depp. Uh, and that is usually bad in a courtroom, no matter what you're lying about, if you take the stand and get caught in lies, I think the jury usually sides with the other team outside of the actor from Euphoria uh, who doesn't seem to care. He seems to be okay as long as uh, the relationship is what he expects it to be. Uh, getting punched a little bit is fine with him. Again, funny to some, upsetting to a lot of others. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, quick break, a lot more. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. And one other thing, uh, Chad Benson is one of the hardest working guys in all of radio. So even when he has a day off, he's still doing stuff. Uh, here's Chad with some, some, some important information about the presidential election project. So I've been working with this great organization called presidentialelectionproject.com. Go check them out, Presidential Election Project. And I'll tell you what, it's amazing. We do not want to see a repeat of 2020. People screaming at Mike Pence to do something that he couldn't have done. The reality is the Electoral Count Act of 1887 is too vague. How about work with Presidential Election Project and find out how we can clearly define the role of the vice president, ensure that the role is beyond questions. Everything's clarified. The role of the VP should be made clear, period. Case closed. End of story. States should do their jobs timely, deciding election results. Congress should respect each state's lawful results. Find out all the amazing work they're doing by going to presidentalelectionproject.com. Now, learn more, take the first step in ensuring that Kamala Harris, she can't do anything, and neither can any other vice president, and don't ever put them in a position to have to make that kind of decision. No, no, no. That's presidentalelectionproject.com. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast. Four out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh my gosh. <gasps> I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Happy to be with you. Uh, Chad will be back after the holiday. 54% of Americans say that they're going to do something different 
uh, for Memorial Day because of the uh, ridiculous rise in prices of everything. Uh, I think it's specifically gas they were asked about. But let's be honest, uh, inflation across the board is causing those issues. Uh, even though this answer uh, was common by most Americans that they are going to somehow find a way to save money, uh, a lot of people said they're still going to travel. Uh, they're still going to pay the bill at the gas pump. They're just going to find some other way, something they're not going to do, uh, not spring for the more expensive, um, I guess, beer-soaked patty uh, to grill out for Memorial Day, something a little bit cheaper, uh, something a, a little bit easier <laughs> to handle in that world, I guess. That's a guess. I'm not sure. But it, it was surprising, um, not, I guess, shocking to me, uh, that even though a lot of people said, yeah, no, prices, they're going to have an impact they said, I'm still going to travel, though. It's the holiday. Come on. Uh, we got to do something. We got to have fun. Uh, I saw this story. Uh, very interesting to me. Uh, a man, uh, he is 66 years old, if you are curious, uh, suffered distress and then amnesia after, well, uh, an intimate evening with his wife. Uh, according to this story, and I don't know exactly how the version of events uh, transpires, uh, but the guy might be the first ever to have this version of an event happen and then have a just tremendous excuse for forgetting things like an anniversary. Uh, the 66-year-old showed up at the ER after a, a well, let's call it an afternoon delight, a, a daytime uh, version of intimacy. Uh, he showed up at the ER and he couldn't remember anything. He didn't even remember the missus, who's the one that brought him along. Uh, doctors diagnosed him with transient global amnesia. Uh, that is something. Uh, just to think about, because the risk then moving forward for the Mr. and the Mrs., if ever uh, things are to get romantic again, is am I going to cause him to have a 24-hour period of amnesia uh, once again? And then just finally, uh, last question, probably the least appropriate, so I will just ask it quickly, is like, what happened? Uh, that, that had to be something. Uh, something unique must have occurred there. Uh, I feel like a character in a Will Ferrell movie where I just I just want more details. I don't really know uh, answers. I just have more questions. But I'm glad he's okay now. Uh, I saw this story, too, and I thought it was very interesting. Uh, a man got a phone call and, like most of us, didn't recognize the number, so he ignored it. Uh, this actually went viral on Reddit where he told the story. Uh, one of the reasons he ignored it is it wasn't just an unknown number, but the caller ID said U.S. government. So he's like, nah, man, I'm not taking this, whatever it is. Uh, once the voicemail was completed uh, and he couldn't actually dial the number back, he listened to it, and it was his friend who is currently at the International Space Station. His buddy's in space. His friend called him from space, and the guy sent him to voicemail. That's got to be one of the worst moments for both people involved. The friend who's dialing the number, it's ringing, and he's like, oh, this could be great. My friend's going to be so excited to hear from me in space. And then you get the voicemail. I actually wish I could play the voicemail. I don't think it was shared. I'd like to hear what it said, how you even leave that message to your friend uh, who sent you to voicemail, the caller ID, um, and didn't actually pick up while you're floating above uh, the earth. But they both said that they regret this immediately. Um, and he doesn't know how he'll ever make it up to his friend or anybody, I guess, because honestly, a lot of people seem very upset. Uh, but I, I do at least get that part of it. Caller ID should say something cooler than U.S. government. Uh, when you're calling from space, it should probably just say space, because uh, then if that happens, I feel like no one sends it to voicemail unless we assume it's a lie. Uh, but I guess since he had a buddy up there, he probably would be able to figure out that it was legit. All right. One last quick thing uh, right before we take a break. I know we got a break in just a second. Uh, I saw that there's going to be a chicken nugget festival in Australia uh, next month. I had no idea that we got to the point in food where chicken nuggets would get their own festival. Young me is so happy about this announcement in this day 
uh, because I was told several times chicken nuggets are not a daily item that you can have. Now there's a festival, Mom. That was a specific shot. Quick break, a lot more. Greg Collins filling in on Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson this is the chad benson show my name is craig collins filling in chad will be back after the holiday i just want to say one thing quickly uh we're going to try to cover uh several topics uh here in the um uh the first part of this um but i want to i want to be honest um i hate the fact that the mother of the shooter uh, and i'm not going to use the shooter's name on purpose because i i don't think we should at all I think one of the reasons that that 18-year-old who uh, took the lives of innocent children posted things on his social media page while he was committing a horrific crime uh, was because of a desire for attention. So attention should not be provided uh, to those individuals. But the mother and CNN doing interviews with the the woman and how she's actually saying things uh, like asking for forgiveness for her son or or. Uh, saying that she didn't understand why it happened or that he had his reasons, which is an actual quote of one of the things said. And I have the audio. I'm not going to play it because I don't want to provide a platform to that person either, either than to say this, stop putting her on television. Stop putting her anywhere uh, where she's going to defend her son for one of the most evil acts that has occurred in our country's history. Um, Only twice have I had a conversation in my life uh, about a young something, uh, 18 or 20 year old, uh, deciding to just murder innocent children. I don't even fathom how it could, I still don't understand how a person could get so wherever that person was uh, to be as evil as they are to do something like that. And I just don't give a crap uh, what the mom has to say and think it's gross that our society encourages uh, via these uh, news organizations like CNN, those individuals in times like this to speak out and have a platform. Uh, moving on, other stuff I wanted to talk about. Stacey Abrams has had an odd few days, uh, to say the least. Uh, not that she hasn't had odd uh, comments and moments before in her political career, uh, but uh, trashing uh, the places that she lives and all kinds of things aside, uh, she was on a, a show, uh, a video and a podcast show, um, and one of the hosts started to make fun of uh, Joe Biden specifically make fun of President Biden's quote-unquote Alzheimer's. Stacy thought it was hilarious. Uh, I don't know if in that moment uh, she was showing her true feelings about the mental fitness of our president. And I'll only play a quick snippet of it, but it's it's amazing to hear the laughter coming from all in the room, including Stacy, being like, ah, the president and his his mind mistakes and the fact that he probably has Alzheimer's. That's 
quote unquote hilarious. I don't know why I just quoted that, but that's how she was behaving. Let's try it out. And so on the vision side, Biden had a vision. He has talked about what that vision looks like. He forgot but, it, though. No, no, no. His think Alzheimer's of, kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> but he he of, did. You ain't seen him. He was talking the other day. He turned around and with nobody back there. He was like, what well, uh, the laughter starts to go and maybe uh, a couple words get a little more choice in that moment. Uh, but what I thought was great is that <laughs> the host references how, look, you turn around and there's nobody back there. And this is just a daily occurrence. Uh, we see our president wander the wrong direction and get uh, grabbed by somebody and pointed in a different direction on an almost weekly basis. At least recently, unnamed members of his staff have corrected his position on things. Just think about that for a second, because that one is truly special to me is that the people who go out, the administration officials, and change the position of our president on anything, a much less military action he might take as the commander-in-chief of our military if China were to invade Taiwan, they correct uh, that statement. They don't even think we need their name. <laughs> They're like, nah, I'm unnamed. Just, uh, you know, this is, this is out there for the press. I just say the president was wrong about this thing, but my name's not important. How amazing is that? That this president has so little authority within his own administration that an unnamed official within his administration can have a better grasp of what we will do with our military than our president does. And why Stacey Abrams actually does laugh out loud to Alzheimer's from Biden kicked in, uh, something that if we actually think about it more seriously and the mental struggle of this current president, it's not really as funny. I mean, it's still kind of funny, uh, but not really as funny as we want it to be because he's in charge of a lot of things uh, someone incapable mentally should not be in charge of. All right, I want to play something else. Uh, this is the Biden Education Secretary, Miguel uh, Cardona. Uh, he is being grilled uh, by the GOP, by an interviewer, uh, about a lot of the stances uh, that are confusing uh, that, these, um, that this administration takes and that education officials specifically take uh, on the world of biological males competing against girls in sports. Uh, that seems like something that if you if you talked about it, I don't know how many years ago, but not that many years ago, on its, on its face, you'd be like, all right, maybe that doesn't make sense. Maybe that sentence needs to somehow be figured out better. And at first, uh, Miguel tried to sidestep the question, which I thought was important, uh, because if you wholeheartedly believe in something, if this administration, if this... Um, political party, believes in certain things, believes in rights uh, for individuals, regardless of how unfair competitively in the world of sports some things might be, you think you'd definitively say it. And when pressed, he did say, and I'll play the audio, a more definitive version of his statement. But the first time, at least it, interesting to me, he tried to say something without saying something, uh, which speaks to just how much even that side even the supporters of, of issues like this comprehend it's much more nuanced than they want to admit. You believe it's fair or not for biological boys to compete against girls in sports? It's a simple question. I believe all students should have access to uh, sport. And so you do, you do support biological boys competing against girls in sports? I believe I answered the question. <laughs> no, you haven't. No, as of right now, you have not. You sidestepped the question by saying a simple statement that was uh, unspecific purposefully on what the question was about. The question is asking uh, whether or not someone who would be capable biologically of beating someone else in a sport uh, just because, as we know, uh, boys and girls compete um, in separate uh, things, uh, separate leagues, uh, separate uh, whatever you would call it, 
uh, in every single sport because uh, of the reason that men would do better across the board than women, just biologically. These are all normal things. I don't know why I'm even trying to explain them to you. Uh, but that question simply then asks you, sir, if you believe in this. He is definitive uh, at the end of this piece of audio. Uh, but it took uh, 20 seconds of back and forth questioning to get him there. And I think that does matter uh, because I think it continues to demonstrate that even those who support something understand. Uh, and this is the way I've always said it, uh, the way that I think it, it has the most value. If you're the parent of one of the, the uh, girls who loses in a sport uh, to someone that had a biological advantage, you're upset. Your kid is upset. There's nothing they could do uh, to compete at that point, except, I guess, cheat or find some other way uh, to, to somehow win against someone that they're biologically inferior to. Um, that matters, and that is obviously not addressed ever uh, by those in support of other things. It's a simple question. Just answer the question. You either, the administration either supports it or you don't. You're saying, do I believe transgender uh, girls should have access to sports? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I believe that. I believe they. But here's the thing, too, I guess I will say in response to that uh, hot button issue, that talking point uh, that bounces around all over the place. I believe that every individual should have access to sports, but I believe that sports being as fair as possible matters. Uh, if you've ever competed in anything, and I don't even mean like in an organized fashion, let's say you're just out on the playground playing a pickup game of basketball against a sibling and say that sibling is a few years older or younger than you. Uh, I was an older brother, uh, so I know this from an unfair side, uh, from the uh, unfair side that uh, did enjoy at times how this goes. And I apologize to my little brother for all those basketball games. Losing is not fun. And losing when you think it's unfair is even more so not fun. And then when you add back into it, the value of sports and the value of competing, of, of the camaraderie of teams, uh, especially uh, for kids, whether it's grade school, high school, whatever it might be, how that actually has an impact on your life. And it teaches you a lot of different um, necessary skills uh, that you uh, use at other times. Um, to have that be changed so profoundly for so many because of this uh, attempt to be as understanding as woke as possible, you are sacrificing fair play. And if kids start to play sports where they know it's unfair from jump, it changes the value of sports for kids. Uh, and a large majority of people will never play professionally. Uh, a very, very small amount will make it all the way to college. But at every level, at every level of, of sport, if uh, people are allowed to compete who are biologically superior, uh, it makes the totality of the value of that thing, as I said a second ago, just utterly, utterly different. And that's the question. That's the argument. Uh, that's essentially the reason for the discussion. It's not, it's not hate. It's not any of the things that people will say it is. Uh, sometimes maybe it's confusion. Uh, but other than that, the real value is is trying to make something um, as fair as possible. And the side that refuses to, to listen, the side that puts their fingers in their ears, uh, only really cares about political support, in my opinion, because uh, that is the last thing I'll say about this, and then we'll take another break. Uh, more often than not, a politician and or a business uh, that takes a meaningful stance on an issue that matters, uh, say, to the general public, um, a lot of times they're just doing it so that they sell more of whatever product they have or they get you to vote for them it's not because they even care whether or not they believe in the thing you believe in. That's not how our society works and not how it works, uh, the message coming from those organizations. And so it should matter to you uh, when you decide to support or not support someone uh, that they're doing it on purpose 
uh, not doing it because in their heart of hearts, they care as much as you do about whatever uh, the issue might be. All right, we got to take a break. A lot more coming up. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Uh, Chad is one of the hardest working guys in radio, though, as I keep saying today. Uh, he is still doing stuff even on his day off. Here is some important information from Chad Benson on weight loss. Why don't traditional diets work? Because you can't fight your biology with willpower. Calibrate is different. Calibrate's not a diet. The Calibrate program is designed to achieve metabolic health and treat the underlying biology that contributes to weight. Calibrate is a comprehensive, fully integrated program combining doctor-prescribed, FDA-approved medication, one-on-one -on -one video coaching, in-app tracking, and a community of members like you. When you start your Calibrate journey, you'll find a team that's with you every step of the way. Calibrate's earliest members lost an average of 14% of their body weight, exceeding the 10% average seen in clinical trials. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get 50% off the one-year metabolic reset when you use promo code CHAD at joincalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code CHAD at joincalibrate.com. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Visit joincalibrate.com today. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? D-Day. The person? A rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. No, 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 no. This is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be here with you. Uh, Chad is back after the holiday. Uh, I like when I get to fill in for Chad, uh, grabbing some of my friends, talking to them about some of the issues that are important. Uh, Jill Urchek uh, is a media personality out of Chicago, uh, a podcaster, the Jill Urchek Show. Someone you should definitely find out about, check out about. Uh, but Jill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Craig. Uh, thrilled to have you on. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, you are a okay. uh, social media user. Uh, you're an expert, I think, in the world of social media. I've seen at times. Uh, and you're very <laughs> entertained uh, by a lot of what's happening with Twitter and Elon Musk. But specifically, and I know you saw this, I saw this just the other day, uh, Elon and AOC were going at it. Uh, Elon even asked his audience, uh, who do you trust more or who do you uh, trust less uh, politicians or billionaires are uh, kind of amazing. Uh, what are your thoughts on Elon, AOC, any of it? Well, first of all, with all due respect, AOC is an idiot. I, I think she <laughs> even probably coined her own name because uh -huh. she can't even spell Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm sorry, but this is the <laughs> same woman, Craig, that didn't know what a garbage disposal was. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, she yeah, was, she's... And I heard this horrific noise, and oh my God, things were eating up my sink. Idiot. So with that being said, I love uh -huh. the fact that Elon Musk, who's not even um, a conservative or anything like that, he's really not. He's just yeah. uh, very smart and he's a creator and that's what he does is taking on AOC and she just doesn't even know how to handle it because people don't come at her like that because her big horse teeth are coming at you instead <laughs> saying you're a racist or this or that. So, yeah. uh, by the way, uh, Jill Urchek says what she believes, what she thinks. She is unfiltered and it's awesome. 
Um, politicians, sorry. by the way, losing. Uh, yeah, politicians, by the way, losing on Elon's poll. Seventy-five oh, yeah. percent of people don't trust them. Only twenty-four percent say they don't trust po- uh, billionaires more. Uh, AOC has yet to run the poll on her page, uh, which is what Elon asked her for. Uh, how important do you think free speech is on social media? I know it's a silly question, uh, but Elon is trying to buy Twitter just so we have the ability to say stuff and not be censored unfairly on a certain side of the aisle. Okay, I'll get into your answer this time. I was going off on AOC, but seriously, <laughs> you don't realize free speech is gone until you're censored. Yeah. And it doesn't happen 99, it doesn't happen on the left. When I say left, I mean crazy. Not just somebody who's a little <laughs> more, you know, democratic. Sure. It doesn't happen yeah. to them. So, so they have no idea what it feels like to say, hey, I don't like ketchup. Well, you're wrong, you're out. Something So free speech is, we take it for granted when we grow up in America until we see it being stripped away. And here it is before our very eyes. You see it. And even if it doesn't happen to you, you would be blind and you would be really uh, doing yourself a disfavor by acting like this isn't happening. If we don't have free speech, we're done. We're done. Yeah, no, and on- whoever wants to form the narrative does. Can do it. Yeah, no, and honestly, yeah. I, I will I will say that uh, Project Veritas uh, proved that a um, uh, Twitter, uh, I think it was a Twitter engineer, admitted they definitely leaned toward uh, censoring out conservative and not censoring out a liberal speech because liberals would leave the platform. Conservatives don't. I feel like it says something about the two different ideologies or how people behave that a conservative is more willing to hear the opposing side. Yeah. Uh, not to agree with it, but just willing to tolerate the opinion uh, than a liberal is, according to an engineer at Twitter, and why they do it the way they do it. It's it's all a narrative, and, and those Project Veritas's crack me up because they're sitting there <laughs> drinking their fluffy wine. If they're being recorded, I'm like, you are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. It's Sorry. not just the things they say. It's the hilariousness how they do it. All right, we only got about a minute left. I got to get to a break because it's a, a network uh, show. Uh, but yeah. Jill Urchek, the Jill Urchek show, definitely something to check out. Um, are you traveling for the holiday with gas prices as high as they are? You guys staying in? No, we're staying in because I think my son is sick. So um, we're about to take him to the oh. doctor. So that's an inside. Gotcha. Job. There you go. Yes. Thanks good luck with that. All right. Uh, no problem. Uh, Chad Benson show. Craig Collins filling in more in a bit. Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Uh, Chad is back after the holidays. Uh, a, a breaking, valuable piece of information uh, coming from a U.S. congressperson, uh, a congressperson Gonzalez uh, out of Texas. Um, the shooter in the Uvalde, uh, horrific, horrific, um, uh, just uh, devastating story about the individual who shot and killed uh, students and teachers at a grade school in, in Uvalde, Texas, uh, apparently was arrested at 14 for making threats 
to shoot up a school, uh, something that uh, was well known. Uh, actually, a narrative broke uh, as well over the last couple of days that this person was bullied heavily at his school. Although some of the additional information that's come out that certainly, uh, oddly, the bullying narrative seems to almost try to forgive some aspect of the behavior, uh, maybe not intentionally, uh, but certainly um, in an upsetting way, at least to me, because there is no forgiveness uh, for behaving truly evil. Uh, but uh, maybe the reason that there was a, a uh, disconnect between him and other students at his high school is because of stuff like this. At 14 years old, uh, he, as I said, was arrested for threatening to shoot up the school. This is according to uh, Texas Republican Gonzalez. You know, this, this the shooter was arrested years ago, four years ago, for having for, for having this plan, for basically saying, for saying, you know, when I'm a senior in 2022, I am going to shoot up a school. And this was four years ago they apprehended. So some something fell out between the cracks between then and now that to allow this to happen. We need to, we need to shake out all the facts. We need to figure out what happened, where the, 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 the holes, and we need to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yes, I have to agree wholeheartedly uh, with that stance, with that opinion, with that understanding, uh, because here's the thing. Uh, we've seen it time and again, uh, however upsetting it is to many here in our society, uh, that something horrific happens, uh, a shooting uh, where uh, several lives are taken, uh, in this case, uh, for the second time in our country. Uh, and I don't know uh, what the right way to articulate this is, uh, but it's even more profoundly upsetting uh, for whatever reason. However, that sounds, I, I forgive me, uh, when you hear that it's children uh, that are the victims of something like this. It's always profoundly upsetting, more so uh, in this scenario, though. And so then the narrative uh, in the world of politics becomes we need to do something. And the only thing that some politicians say we can do or should do is gun control, essentially throw out some por portion of the Second Amendment, uh, something that's very valuable uh, to our country and, of course, valuable to a lot of Americans. The truth is, uh, maybe the harder thing is and the thing that will take more time is we have to actually figure out all of the details. We need all of the context as to how something happened. I guess the why, if it can even be answered, as to why something like this would occur, why someone would ever do something like this. And that is the mental health conversation uh, that I guess exists in our society. And one that Governor Abbott said at some point, maybe in this 18-year-old's life, uh, mental health might have helped them. Certainly not uh, when you get to the point that he was at by the time he committed uh, the horrible crime that he committed. Uh, but I have to be honest, the other parts that matter uh, as I continue to hear them sort of talk about and get uh, thrown into the world of this discussion are all the ways in which the the planned mitigation uh, factors, uh, the things that are supposed to prevent this in places like Texas, did not occur. There was no school resource official. That was a, a narrative that was corrected. Uh, there was not an official who greeted the shooter outside of the school, greeted is the wrong word, uh, uh, interacted, uh, confronted. Um, that didn't happen. Uh, the shooter got into the school by going through an open door. Uh, doors are supposed to be locked, and one point of entry is supposed to exist for schools. Uh, so everything that led up to the shooter gaining access to a grade school and taking the lives of children happened against any of the planning that was put in place in Texas and several other states uh, to combat exactly this type of thing. Then beyond that, and this is the other thing that definitely has value to me, uh, and I am someone who is a proud supporter of our police officers, and I think the way in which politicians have vilified them and parts of our society have now vilified all police uh, because of viral stories every so often, 
uh, is disgusting. It's it's awful. It makes that job incredibly hard, even more so than it already is, uh, because if you rush toward ja- danger uh, when others flee it, and then you're also hated by people who are there on the scene of whatever danger you're at, uh, your job is trickier. But in the case of Uvalde, uh, some valuable questions have started to come out, are being asked now about why officers may have waited outside of the school for an hour. Uh, well, uh, backup, well, a tactical team, well, reinforcements, uh, specialty agents from Border Patrol arrived that actually eventually subdued uh, the shooter. And one of the reasons that that is such a valuable conversation, uh, it's not to necessarily attack and vilify police officers all over again, but it's because of why those changes were made after Columbine uh, to the the way in which uh, police officers are trained in a situation like this. If you don't know any of this, uh, after the Columbine uh, shooting, after the high school um, shooting in Columbine, that was such a viral, uh, obviously uh, horrific moment, but but an eye-opening moment in our society that we had not seen many of uh, before, or at least I don't remember uh, any story having the impact that one did. Training for police officers changed. Uh, during an active shooter situation, instead of waiting for backup, uh, training on uh, the whole became that you go in. Uh, don't commit suicide is what typically an officer is trained. Uh, if you have no ability, no uh, gun on you, no, you're not armed, etc., and you're alone, uh, just trying to subdue a shooter, um, if you know there's no chance it's going to happen, uh, is not the right step. But that's the only scenario where they treat teach uh, officers uh, not to try to engage and stop the shooter as quickly as possible. In every other scenario, will you feel that you or several other officers together at least stand a chance? And that's what makes that job so hard. And I guess, as I've said, the American expectation that police officers uh, do that, and we don't know in Uvalde uh, why or, or if uh, that occurred the way it was stated. Uh, but more and more information is coming out to prove that uh, the narrative that they waited outside and confronted parents, uh, video evidence, all of that coming forward, uh, makes this a difficult and valuable conversation to have uh, because of how we do prevent a few, how we actually solve the problem, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But here's Brian Kilmeade uh, pushing back on Fox. I saw a lot of Fox, Tucker Carlson too, uh, playing and asking these questions. Uh, but Brian's actually pushing back on his own reporter, a Fox News reporter, Lawrence, uh, uh, Lawrence Jones, who's on the scene and talking to uh, police officers. Uh, Lawrence states that uh, police are not great at PR, that public relations isn't their strong suit. I do think he's probably right about that, that when they give press conferences and have conversations, they don't get the message across effectively uh, that they want to communicate because as officers, uh, they kind of focus on other things. Um, I do think that's probably fair, but Brian is right to say that some of these narrative changes do seem more like outright lies than accidental miscommunications based on any sort of struggle uh, a specific profession would have with public relations. Yeah, what you're saying, I understand but, their questions, but I think it, it's fair. I, but I, again, right. the double thinking of that moment, I, I don't think it's fair at all. Well, the thing is, if the attack unit is there early, they do go in right away. They do get the keys rather than blow open the door uh, because it is fortified, as you brought up yesterday, and it is harder to get through, as you mentioned, uh, Pete. Uh, they didn't have the training to get through. And the one thing to keep in mind, although the shooting stopped, and that's a, that's a fine answer, the kids were bleeding. So the sooner you get in there, who knows what an EMT could have been able to do had they got in there quicker. 
and they're not trained essentially to handle this. And there's no excuse to leave that back door open. And there's no excuse to come out with some fable that they were engaged by a resource officer that was armed when that is flat out fiction. That is, that's not bad communication. That is a lie. Uh, to be fair, Lawrence does go on to explain that officers are claiming they don't know how that part of the narrative got out there other than, um, and this is all we would know as the general public, that uh, Governor Abbott did say that. But who informed the governor of that, how that became a part of this story uh, is something that I'm sure, as many things are, uh, still to be investigated and still to find a valuable conclusion. Uh, but in all honesty, I guess to wrap up this and move on to another topic, however hard it is for me, to always move on to other things. They don't feel as important as this topic feels over the last few days. Um, the idea, twofold, uh, that uh, potentially all of the protection measures that are supposed to be in place to prevent a shooter from being able to access a school, whether it's a resource officer or uh, unlocked doors, uh, they're supposed to be locked in one point of entry, all those things failing, and then uh, the response by police, for whatever reason, to not handle an active shooter situation the way that typically officers are trained to do it now, uh, all deserve to be a part of the ongoing political conversation of how we prevent something like this in the future. Uh, but if you're on the left, you don't care. Uh, you don't have any any desire to even know details uh, because you only can think of one solution, a solution that I don't think actually would uh, work. I don't think it actually fixes the problem. Uh, one last thing, just a, a little highlight, the incredible transition uh, that our president mentioned a little while ago about transitioning away from uh, gas uh, to clean energy to uh, green energy uh, is taking place so well uh, that most Americans are going to be impacted somewhat uh, over uh, Memorial Day. A lot still plan to travel, but certainly changing uh, a lot of their plans uh, because of this. Uh, get ready for record gas prices this weekend uh, is what's being said. Uh, get ready for record gas prices to continue all summer long. Uh, a transition to clean energy being forced on Americans who cannot afford it, uh, the latest of several mistakes uh, by this president. It's sort of amazing uh, to count up just how many there are. All right, I got to take a break. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. Uh, thrilled to have you with us. Uh, Chad, though, hardest working guy in all of radio. Uh, he works even on his days off. Here he is with a message about Eden Pure. Eden is great. And I'm telling you guys right now. So uh, for those of you who don't know, my, my father-in-law passed away. We we have two houses and my mother-in-law, we decided, well, we're going to move over there uh, because we've got extra bedrooms and things. So we did. And he was a smoker and you could smell it. And Eden Pure said, hey, try this stuff that we got. Right. I said, OK, what is it? They said, it's amazing. OK, it's called the Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm. It is incredible. Within minutes, it smelt like it was a thunderstorm, if you will. And lo and behold, you can't tell anybody's ever smoked in the house. Other great thing, plug it straight in. No filters, super quiet. 150,000 sold, takes up zero floor space, and no filters. Love it. Right now, save 200 by using code CHAD3. That's 200 bucks savings on the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Get full coverage for your kitchen, your home, everywhere you want to get rid of odors. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code CHAD3 to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code CHAD3. Shipping is free. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Chad, back after the holiday. Uh, you remember the photo. 
Tiger Woods playing golf, everybody standing behind him, holding out their cell phone, taping him. Uh, I don't know if they're doing video, photos. Doesn't matter. No one's living in the moment. No one's enjoying life. I don't even know how Tiger's feeling at that moment, but he is trying to uh, continue this miraculous comeback to the world of golf. There was one exception uh, to the uh, picture I just painted for you. A dude clutching a Michelob Ultra can, watching Tiger and enjoying his life. His name is Mark. Uh, that guy had all of the things going the right way. If you're going to go out to an event, if you're going to watch Tiger Woods play golf, you grab yourself a Michelob Ultra, you put down your cell phone, and you live the evening or the afternoon the way you're supposed to. Uh, Michelob loved this photo so much, he now has his own deal with Michelob Light or Michelob Ultra. He's even selling merchandise. Uh, Mark was on a podcast recently where he talked about the fact that he got an endorsement deal for being the only guy in a crowd that's not doing the cell phone thing. It's been absolutely crazy. I, it's something that's been unbelievable. Never in my wildest dreams did I think standing there watching Tiger Woods uh, hit a shot and me holding a beer that it would turn into this. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, but it's, it's been crazy. They're promising me, as they said, copious amounts of beer and merchandise <laughs> yes. and the potential to go to other PGA events. So I am waiting. So we'll see what happens. I have to be honest. I, I love uh, being in the world of radio. Uh, it's something that I, I fought for, and I'm even more thrilled every time that Chad Benson uh, a tremendously popular and talented radio person lets me uh, poorly fill in on this show. But if my job could be this guy's job, that's probably the only job that's better. Just being beer guy at golf events, PGA Tour events, sponsored by Michelob. You show up, you promise not to bring your cell phone, you don't even need it, and you just stand there sipping beer watching people play golf. That is a dream. That is a dream that's unfairly created for one man for making the human decision. Everybody else, we got to put down our cell phones. You have no idea what company will pay you inevitably uh, to do it. I love the fact that it's also going to be copious amounts of beer uh, that he said is a part of that deal because uh, it is uh, very important. All right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, and I don't mention this because I care. I have to be honest. I don't actually care, uh, which is probably a terrible setup uh, to talking about anything on this show. But Ellen DeGeneres signed off after uh, 19 seasons of her show. Uh, what's uniquely interesting about that sign-off and, I guess, the goodbye to television is how many people do not care. Uh, it's been compared at times to Oprah Winfrey ending her daytime talk show, uh, something that created a ratings boom so big in daytime television it hasn't been seen since. Uh, the endorsement deals or the uh, price for commercials rivaled some Super Bowls. That might be hyperbole. I'm guessing that's hyperbole, uh, but that's what people are saying. Uh, this event, nobody gave a crap at all. Uh, the fact that Ellen was gone, she actually had Oprah as one of her guests on the show, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting, although I didn't watch. I just read about it after the fact. Uh, but you could be so successful at times, as Ellen was in daytime television, winning Emmy Awards and whatnot, having a tremendous impact on social media, and then because of what were pretty damaging uh, toxic workplace environment stories, uh, stories where she did things like tell staff they couldn't look her in the eyes. I I, I always laugh when I think about that part uh, with Ellen because, like, uh, how intense that is. Um, and she defended herself. I'm not even going to play the audio. Uh, when she came back, whenever the hiatus that that show went on ended after that whole controversy, she said that being known as the be nice lady uh, is uniquely tough on some people. Not being able to look at a person, like, to get famous enough to get arrogant enough, to get whatever you need to get, 
in Hollywood to have that be an edict that goes out to the staff working on your television show is incredible. Like it is a unique version of I'm a big giant piece of jerk, a piece of crap, piece of whatever uh, that doesn't care about you as a human being at all. Uh, but then also on air, I'm branded as someone who's the total opposite of that. My other favorite part uh, during that controversy that is now obviously along behind us, along with the Ellen DeGeneres show now officially, uh, my other favorite part was that celebrities were like, she's nice to me. Uh, every celebrity that went out there uh, to defend Ellen by being like, I've never seen any of that. I'm a famous person who was brought on as a guest in this show and on the television, she treated me quite nicely uh, is also hilarious. Uh, because if any of them actually had an opposite style of story, it would have been even more so uh, damaging. It would have been almost uh, more shocking uh, than it was. But it is interesting to know that that show is now officially over. And for the most part, I see very, very little coverage of that story pretty much anywhere. Uh, and it just goes to show that after years and years of success on television, uh, Ellen is probably now as jealous as I am of Michelob Ultra Guy and his endorsement deal and his uh, bright, bright future in the world of entertainment. Because that guy, Mark, is going to be places and going to do things uh, that so many of us dream about doing. Uh, they're calling him the Michelob guy, and they're selling merchandise with his face on it. I mean, that is that is uniquely amazing uh, in the world that we live in today. All right, a quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in on The Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts independent life this is chad benson this is the chad benson show my name is craig collins filling in thrilled to be with you thrilled to have you here chad is back after the holiday uh just some quick things i saw this uh there is an uptick in uh unusual illnesses is what they're saying because of the lockdowns because of all the time away uh, via covid uh, an infection honeymoon apparently is being found uh, where young children do not have the appropriate antibodies uh, to fight off uh, illnesses that we haven't seen uh, in a while. Uh, things beyond just the simple flu and certainly not just COVID. Uh, but there is now a growing concern. Uh, and I only say this uh, with a bit of a laugh there because, well, otherwise you got to cry uh, that that lack of immunity could be a significant problem uh, for a lot of people uh, for years to come. I don't know if it'll ever be uh, truly uh, life-threateningly uh, significant, but uh, that is something uh, to think about the way that uh, just a little while ago, uh, people used to grow up and, and do all kinds of dumb things and learn from those uh, things or just live life. Um, I remember my family uh, used to make, and many of us, I'm not going to admit that I did it, used to consume something we called a mud pie which was a pie made of mud. And as a kid sitting in the dirt, you, you might have had a bite before you realized that that wasn't a great thing. I can't imagine how a, a young, woke parent would react to their child uh, eating dirt today, uh, even though I imagine it does happen on lots and lots of occasions. I do think there are some out there that would freak out and immediately take the child to the hospital. Anyway, let's talk about some other stuff. Uh, I think that this is interesting. Uh, Greg Gutfeld uh, tried to 
in his own words, simplify, and I don't think that that's actually uh, truly what he intended to do, uh, but point to one of the issues that's not going to be talked about often uh, in the world of of how uh, we get to a place in this country where we have a horrific story uh, like the one uh, on Tuesday out of Texas. Uh, and he says that some of the most basic things that need to be discussed are things like family structure. Again, not a conversation anyone on any side of the aisle will really have all that willingly. And I thought an interesting back and forth occurred on the show. And then actually, I love the way that this might have ended uh, because reference to some other things that impact people's lives and can profoundly change them, not just a broken family or a family as, as uh, uniquely um, bad, I guess, as the one that this shooter came from. I, none of these are excuses, by the way. I want to put that out there. I in no way, shape, or form I want to provide any information at all uh, that makes you think the shooter is even a, a tiny, tiny bit um, different than evil and utterly guilty of the horrible crime he committed. Uh, but Gutfeld does add a few variables uh, that we need to talk about as a society in general when we talk about the more at-large problem, I think, that is a growing violence in this country. So we're sitting here picking it apart and stuff when we really, we know what the root causes are here, but we can't say family structure and the abysmal state of our schools. These two things together put kids in, in, in such holes that they can't get out. Don't forget about yeah. drugs, Greg. Yeah, well, I'll forget about drugs. <laughs> you already because, did. Because when drugs are banned and they're still everywhere, I can go out right there and I can get whatever I want. You can? Yes, what do you Did need? you call the police? <laughs> what do you need? Call a guy. But what I'm saying is that it's hey, like... Read the T's. Read the T's. <laughs> I got to be honest. The minute that uh, Judge Pirro is like, you can? What, what can you get? And then uh, Greg's like, anything you need. Uh, it's a pretty funny moment, but also a pretty honest demonstration of, I think, the biggest challenge... Uh, that Democrats would face is if they ever got their way. If guns ever were um, a thing that were heavily restricted legally, uh, we can just point to things like drugs fairly easily to say, yeah, that doesn't matter. Uh, making something illegal doesn't prevent those who really want something from still obtaining it. And these mass shooters, these evil people uh, who commit these horrible crimes are the types of people that would probably go around legal channels however necessary to obtain weapons to still commit these crimes. But just one more time, because I do enjoy Greg sort of, yeah, what do you need? What do you got? I want to play the end part of that. That they can't get out. Don't forget about yeah. drugs, Greg. Yeah, well, I'll forget about drugs. <laughs> you already because did. Because when drugs are banned and they're still everywhere, I can go out right there and I can get whatever I want. You can? Yes, what do you did need? Did you call the <laughs> What do you need? Call the guy. What I'm saying is that it's hey, like... Read the T's. Read the T's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's trying to save me. Harold's yeah. trying to save me. Yeah, no. No one's going to save you now, buddy. Uh, that's all on you. That's all out there. But it is true, and it is valuable to think about it that way that then honestly just like everything else in our society uh making something illegal uh, doesn't actually keep it from those that are most interested in doing harm it actually more likely than not keeps it from law-abiding citizens and i do know that the gun acquired the guns acquired in the shooting uh, earlier this week were acquired legally uh, but there is a unique uh, argument to if uh, that person was still capable of getting them and other people uh, could not obtain uh, firearms, and maybe not in this specific situation, but in others, uh, when does our society actually get more harm uh, from those types of policies? I think a lot of people would say uh, very, very quickly. All right, one other quick thing. I, I want to mention this uh, pretty bad because I like it a lot, and I didn't know it was a thing, and I don't know why it's still a thing, uh, but I love that it's something. Uh, apparently, there's an old, outdated law in Montana 
uh, that says that as a high school student, if you show up to your uh, school with a horse, the principal has to care for it for the day. I don't know why anyone would put that on the books. I, I don't know when in Montana that was a thing. I went like, man, we got all these horses, all these kids going to school with them. Uh, and I know at one point uh, back in the day, that would have been the common way to travel in. Uh, but specifically to just have a high school student ride in on a horse and then the principal stuck uh, with care for the rest of that afternoon uh, is awesome. 12 students did this as a high school prank and the principal did care for all 12 horses uh, throughout the uh, entirety of the day. Uh, this happened earlier this week. There's a photo viral on social media. I can put it up on uh, facebook.com slash Craig Collins show. Uh, we can try to share it on the Chad Benson show too. Uh, but it's it's pretty amusing to see 12 high school seniors uh, sitting on horses being like, hey, uh, these are for you, principal. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. I wonder what that scramble is like too, by the way, uh, to not know how to take care of a horse on a school property and then have to figure it out uh, as soon as possible, as quickly as possible, because uh, you're not actually supposed to let the, the horse leave the school. You're not allowed to just like go drop it off somewhere else. Uh, the law says uh, that you're supposed to make it something that then stays there in your care until the uh, student rides at home. And I do wonder if all 12 students then rode their horses home. I have more questions. I don't think they reported on it in as much detail as I hoped for. Uh, but that's just me. That's just the way that I work. All right. One other quick thing, uh, just to give us a little bit of a lighter uh, set of things to talk and think about uh, before taking a break, actually. I saw this. The world's largest bottle of whiskey uh, was auctioned off. The world's largest bottle. This bottle is almost six feet tall. It contains 311 liters of 32-year-old whiskey that just sounds delicious. I have to be, like, if I could have uh, bought this, I would have been there and I would have been uh, going for it. $1.4 million uh, was the final price. I think I would have been bought out at some point pretty quick in the auction process. Uh, but $1.4 million bucks at, uh, in the UK. Uh, the buyer was someone anonymous from somewhere else. That is, I can't wait for the idea. Uh, by the way, it's, it's certified as a Guinness World Record item, uh, that giant bottle of whiskey last year. I can't wait for the idea that at some point this guy is going to bust open this bottle of whiskey for something. Something's going to be important enough, good enough, some moment valuable enough in his life that you're going to get a ladle out, pop open the six-foot-tall whiskey that you bought, and just scoop a little out of the top. Maybe drink directly from the ladle. I imagine that's how I'd do it. Uh, that sounds like, or just put a straw in it. Maybe that's that sounds wrong to anybody who actually drinks whiskey. Putting a straw, but it's six it's six feet tall, guys. Anyone who judged me for a minute and my drinking habits, I uh, just know that I was trying to figure out the logistics of it. Not that I think that's the best way to have a whiskey. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a break. We got a lot more coming up. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson show. Uh, Chad is one of the hardest working guys in radio, though. So here he is with another important message. My pillow has massive discounts right now. Blowout of the my slippers. Incredible. $90 savings. Regular price, $139.98. Yours, $49.98 with promo code Benson. So you're gonna want to go to mypillow.com slash Benson. Let me tell you about it. it. Took two years to develop these amazing four-tier cushion slippers. All right, you got the my pillow patented fill, comfort memory foam. Patented Impact Gel, Indoor Outdoor Soul, 
Tons of different styles and colors. Super incredible quality leather suede. Six-day money-back guarantee. One-year limited warranty. Get yours now. Save big. $90 off your MyPillow slippers. Go to MyPillow.com slash Benson. That's MyPillow.com slash Benson. Check out all the BOGO that's still going on. Buy one, get one free extravaganza. But grab these slippers. MyPillow.com slash Benson. Or call 800-983-4975 today. Don't be a cutie pie. Probably sit around and cook some soups and eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. You're ruining my life, bud! You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. This is The Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Uh, Thrilled to be here. Chad will be back after the holiday. Uh, a couple quick stories that I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, there is this uh, a mom in Redmond uh, whose toddler, I guess, has been reading a book. Uh, the book is all about animals, and it shows photos of animals. Apparently, the toddler loves this book uh, quite a lot. Uh, her name, by the way, the kid is Juniper. Uh, the mom's name is Samantha. Uh, so viral video, uh, this is their ring doorbell camera. Uh, the little girl goes outside. Uh, she sees a baby bear in their backyard and runs toward it. The, the little kid, two years old, is like, ah, bear, it's in my book. I love this bear. And just this moment of audio uh, that's from that video that's gone viral is pretty hilarious. Um, I guess we've uh, not had the extended version of the video go viral yet, which is a whole lot of bad words being dropped by the mom as she runs after, gets her kid, and brings her back inside. But you can actually hear the genuine excitement in this two-year-old's voice as she yells out, it's a bear, and then envision her running directly toward the bear to, I don't know, uh, pet it, hang out with it, uh, take it in as part of the family, all those kind of things. Juniper, come back inside. Oh, Juniper, come back inside. There's a bear outside. She ran right past it. She ran right toward it. Why is she doing that? Uh, Fox 13 uh, there actually picked up this story and interviewed the mom. Uh, One of my favorite moments, again, is when they're talking about uh, why the child would do anything like this and why uh, the excitement level was just unmatched due to her rating. Juniper loves reading and has recently been learning from an animal identification book. Are bears your favorite animal? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to see more of them? She just nods her head, yes. I think she was just excited to see something from her book. Now, I've never thought of that risk before. Uh, If you give your kid or, say, uh, a niece, nephew, anybody, gift a family member uh, a book quite like that, that they might one day find a bear in the backyard and the kid might be super excited and not afraid at all to see it. But the mom is being hailed as a hero uh, because, of course, she ran outside, grabbed her kid, brought her back inside, and the baby bear ran off. Uh, So uh, this story has a tremendously happy ending, but also just hilarious in general to me uh, that it would occur at all. Uh, And the mom did say as part of that interview as well that she wasn't so intimidated about the baby. But if another bear, maybe another mama bear or someone was around, that that one might not be as happy about two humans hanging out uh, with baby bear. Uh, One other story that I liked a lot and some viral audio as well. Uh, There is a learning lesson here. I feel like this could be a PSA. 
uh, one that I'm definitely going to be comfortable with. So let's say you're out anywhere in the world. Uh, this, I think, is actually happening in Singapore. Uh, there's a brand new German beer uh, that some guy at some table is trying to ask you to try. Like, hey, come over here, man. Uh, this is going to be delicious. Try it out. Several people try it. Several people sing the praises of the free uh, beverage they were just given. Then they find out that there's a unique product inside this beverage that probably would have caused every single one of them to be like, nah, man, I'm not trying that. I want to play the audio first uh, before telling you the unique product in there. Uh, they're actually going to name it, but I don't know how many people know what it is uh, until, it, until I describe it after. Uh, because again, the PSA for everyone is do not trust a man at a stand trying to give you free beer, no matter how tempting it is. It's like the adult version of the advice we give to children. Don't trust someone trying to give you candy if they're a stranger. Uh, the same is now true for adults and alcohol. It's exactly what I needed after a long week. It definitely goes down smooth. I, uh, I could probably, if I wanted to, drink a whole lot of those. So it's made from new water, okay. It's still good liquid. Uh, BPA is good liquid. <laughs> uh, BPA is good liquid. He said knee water in there. Uh, knee water is liquid sewage. Uh, it's stuff that we obviously would not want to consume. Uh, that liquid sewage has been through, quote-unquote, several rounds of filtration to get it to the point where it can be utilized to make German beer uh, with barley, uh, Norwegian yeast, all the stuff that you expect. And as I said, on sale right now in Singapore. Uh, but just the fact that people are like, ah, oh, delicious. I would have so many of these if I could. And then you find out that it's it's something you definitely don't want uh, to be consuming. Uh, it makes you wonder, again, uh, why anyone ever trusts anyone in the world we live in today. I think the answer is you probably should never, never, ever trust anyone because they're there just to take advantage of you. They're there to trick you. They're there to make you drink pee is what uh, people have been saying. I apologize for making it that blunt. Uh, one other thing, and I know we got to take a break in just a bit. I saw a survey. I thought it was interesting, although I do think mistakes are being made here. Uh, the most common items we grill uh, during Memorial Day and also actually asked this way, the best items to grill uh, for Memorial Day. Those are two significantly different questions to me. Uh, the number one item, uh, burgers. Uh, 45% say that the best uh, thing that you can grill or the best thing to have uh, for uh, the holiday is a, is a burger. I think it's a staple. I think it's a necessity. Uh, call it sacrilege if you want. I don't think it's the best thing uh, you can grill out on. 43% say chicken. Uh, 43 say hot dog. Again, Valuable number, valuable uh, names of items here, uh, valuable things. Hot dogs, delicious, not the best. Uh, doesn't deserve to be as high on the list uh, when we're talking about taste. And I do know that the producer of this show, Phil, has a fridge full of uh, meat he just sent me a photo of. So I feel like he'd agree with me on this. Number four, steak uh, came in for the best things to grill uh, for Memorial Day or just in general, I guess, for the holiday. Uh, that is the best item. Uh, if you can uh, grill a steak well, I think fish deserve to be much higher than they were on this list. Uh, they came in at number six. Uh, ribs came in at number five. Uh, but truly, burgers, chicken, hot dogs, all great items, pale in comparison uh, to the well-cooked grilled steak uh, that is the option of choice uh, if you have that available. Uh, some of the other things, veggies came in at seven. Uh, utterly disappointing for me. If you show up at a party, uh, people are grilling, and the items for for consumption are all vegetables. I usually get quite upset. Uh, uh, shellfish came in at eight, specifically fruit uh, came in at number nine. That's, I got a, a lot of questions about the people who grill a lot of different fruit, but that's for another time. Pineapple I get, a lot of other things I don't. Greg Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show.
Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Lots and lots of things to talk about. However, the uh, biggest uh, breaking news, I think, of today has been a Texas Republican, um, Gonzalez, talking about how uh, at 14 years old, uh, this shooter, uh, this shooter from uh, earlier this week, uh, the devastating story out of Uvalde, Texas, actually was arrested uh, when he was 14 for threatening uh, to shoot up a school. So a, a lot of different potentially life-saving moments of of uh, whether it's um, leaving a door unlocked at a school. I'm not trying to point fingers and blame individuals. I'm just saying uh, the series of events that unfolds here uh, at 14 years old, having the person on the radar in such a significant way, in such a specific way, uh, then be capable at 18 to, to buy guns and then be capable to uh, use those weapons to harm children, not having a resource officer there, as originally was reported, uh, to confront this person before they get into the school. Uh, there's a lot of different variables that need to be discussed that uh, a lot of politicians don't want to talk about because uh, a lot on the left will want to immediately go to gun control as the only answer and not process all of these factors uh, that play into this, however awful they all are to talk about. Uh, they deserve to be a part of the conversation, and I'm glad that uh, a politician is bringing it to the forefront as a breaking, uh, valuable, a uh, new uh, piece of information uh, in this story. You know, this, this the shooter was arrested years ago, four years ago, for having for for having this plan for basically saying for saying, you know, when I'm a senior in 2022, I am going to shoot up a school. And this was four years ago they apprehended. So some something fell out between the cracks between then and now that, to allow this to happen. We need to we need to shake out all the facts. We need to figure out what happened, where the the the, the, the holes, and we need to make sure it doesn't happen again. But if law enforcement, uh, you know, identified him four years ago as a threat, we need to figure out why he wasn't, you know, how he got removed from that. So, Congress yes, uh, exactly correct. How do you get removed? Uh, from the radar that is uh, being arrested for threatening so specifically exactly what you then do a few years later. Uh, there are ways, uh, and this is just me preaching to uh, the choir. I don't know uh, exactly what your position will be listening to the show today on a lot of these issues, uh, but there are ways to solve the problems, uh, the problems that we encounter in our society by one uh, believing in a right that so, so many, the vast majority of people who utilize it I utilize it correctly and don't cause harm, uh, but the right to bear arms, the Second Amendment. Uh, there is a way to, uh, quote unquote, fix the problems that exist within our society that does not involve the simplified solution that I think doesn't actually work in the world of gun control specifically. And I think a lot of people believe that. And actually, I'll articulate it this way, because I know this conversation just comes up again and again. It just gets repetitive. People probably tune out. They're like, oh, he's saying no to gun control or he's saying yes to it. Uh, this is this is what I believe. So that's all I care about. And let's move on to other things. I think if you're someone who's never interacted with a gun and we have a lot of people in this country who've never even had a family member, a relative that was a gun owner uh, that went shooting, that went hunting, that did any of those things. If you're someone that fits that that description 
And by the way, mostly I'm someone that fits that description. However much it makes you now respect me differently, I apologize. I've only uh, fired a gun once in my life when a friend invited me to go do it. And I said, you know what? Yes. Uh, so I've only had the experience one uh, one time in my entire life. Uh, but I will say this. If you're someone who's never even uh, interacted a little bit, it makes sense to me that your opinion is, let's just remove the guns. Let's just get rid of them uh, because you personally don't care. It's sort of like the conversation we had about wearing masks. Uh, for people who felt tremendously afraid throughout every point of the pandemic and thought that a mask is something that would save your life, uh, even as science and data changed again and again in the world of mask wearing, social distancing, all the things uh, that were the last couple years of our life, a lot of data is different now uh, than it was when some of those uh, pieces of advice first came into play. Uh, again, people who were willing to wear them were like, this is fine, I don't care. Uh, the people who didn't want to, uh, whether it was because they didn't think they'd be effective or they wondered uh, if allowing the government to tell us to do things uh, had an end point. And when we give in, uh, do we essentially surrender freedom more and more? If you weren't on that side of the conversation, you didn't get the other side. You just couldn't understand it. I think that happens all the time in this country, in the world of gun control specifically, and the violence that we see, uh, and admittedly so, much more here in the United States than in most developed countries. I think it's simply true and simply a valuable component. But I do think it matters uh, that we uh, weigh and consider those opinions of those who are not uh, of the same life experience as you, people who actually own guns appropriately, legally, uh, use them correctly, uh, use them for, for things like hunting, and have no intention of ever harming anyone with a gun unless, I guess, they'd have to uh, in a moment of self-defense. Uh, there is a large amount of people. It seems silly to say, uh, but now to anyone who owns a gun legally, I'm not even talking to you for a second. I'm really talking to anybody who's never owned one and never known anyone that has. There's a large amount of people who own guns and do not hurt anyone. And this is just something uh, that you need to accept as part of the conversation to even move forward at all. Uh, but I do wonder. I wonder if there's just going to be a disconnect uh, that exists for the American people. Uh, uh, poll after poll uh, says that Americans do support uh, in a majority sense, uh, uh, additional gun control things. But what those are actually becomes a debate rather quickly. Uh, most Americans support specifically a background check, although I have seen some experts say background checks are not as, as effective as you think they are, and certainly, obviously, in the case uh, this time, uh, not necessarily the mitigating factor in preventing something this, this much of it. But it is obviously an important process uh, for places that require it. Uh, but once you get beyond that statement, once you get to anything that's more limiting the rights of the Second Amendment, a lot more Americans disagree than you'll be told by a lot of mainstream media, because a lot more Americans believe uh, that that part of our Constitution is important. And so I just I just wonder uh, if, like so many other things, it's just going to be an inability to ever understand the other side because of a refusal to even try, a refusal to even attempt to comprehend uh, the value of something. And I know a lot of young people specifically, uh, more and more, uh, seem to be people who err on the side of don't own a gun, don't know anything about guns, uh, not really interested in finding out about them. Uh, so I wonder uh, how that con conversation continues to evolve and how much of it we're actually missing out on or need to uh, get details on uh, that so many refuse to even sit down and have a conversation about. All right. A couple other quick things. Uh, just one, I saw this story and didn't know how to feel other than to be afraid of the idea uh, that this is a thing that could get more and more common and popular. Uh, apparently, there's a website 
I don't want to name it because I don't really want a lot of people to go there and use it. Uh, but for $29.99 a month, you can put a photo of a face into this thing. And this website can more often than not identify the person by name. Uh, again, I don't want to name the site specifically, uh, but more and more coverage, the New York Times and others have written about it, uh, that it does a great job of matching that uh, one photo, a photo you could take in your real life, say of a stranger you walk by on the street, to other photos available online and social media, wherever, and then give you the name and identity and the social media page of that person. For $30 a month, anyone can have access to this. That does seem inherently bad uh, in our society. I will say that with a laugh because uh, I don't know how to say it with anything else because I'm just going to be very uh, afraid uh, the way we all should be. Um, but unlike some other apps out there that have similar facial recognition tools available to law enforcement, uh, this specific tool is available to anyone uh, and uses social media specifically to comb for that information. So if we've ever wondered before if there was like a definitive version of proof uh, that those who say be careful about what and how you allow uh, your image, your information to be put up online, uh, this might be that moment where a website is now utilizing all of that digital data on so many of us to allow a complete stranger to know exactly who you are without even having to speak with you. Uh, just being able to snap a photo and pay $30 a month to a company that probably needs to be shut down. I'm going to be honest. All right, one other quick thing, and then I will actually take a break. Uh, this is another thing that just disturbed me a lot uh, in, a, in an odd way. Apparently, there's a new uh, movie out. I'm not sure how popular it will be. I'm not sure how many people will go to the theater and see it. Uh, it is called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Uh, it is directed by someone who makes a lot of horror films. And the idea of the movie is that uh, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet 2 are actually um, uh, slasher people. They're, they're people who go on a rampage uh, in a movie uh, that has now dominated social media. People saying how inappropriate, how scarring, how terrible it is. Uh, my, I do have to uh, say, uh, in reaction to this, that there are some things we probably shouldn't turn into uh, violent slasher movie uh, villain stuff. I'm not trying to be woke. I'm just being honest. Uh, that this is the kind of thing that, to me, does seem unnecessary at the very least in our society. I know we're allowed freedom to create whatever we want, uh, but I can't imagine, and maybe this is what will happen, even though there's a lot of freak out, a lot of anger, a lot of different reactions to uh, a movie like this using a beloved cartoon character in a unique way that the creators never intended, maybe what actually is supposed to happen in our society will that'll make this go away not woke culture, not complaining about it on social media, people just not going and seeing it. If a whole lot of people don't actually pay any money to the people that created this, the odds of a second one coming out are tremendously bad. Uh, so maybe that way, that version of, of fixing our society uh, will actually play out for once and help us see, help the woke uh, see just how important it is, uh, you know, to, to let the actual uh, world in which we live uh, speak to what is and isn't something of interest uh, to a whole whole bunch of people. Because again, I can't imagine that this is going to be something that's widely popular, although I don't know. Uh, maybe a lot of people will find some sort of humor in it. Maybe I'm overly judging it. Uh, maybe I'm now becoming woke. I am a millennial. I can't help myself. I don't know what else to say. All right, I got to take a break. Uh, Craig Collins filling in on the Chad Benson Show. He is back after the holidays, but he is one of the hardest working guys in all of radio. Uh, so he has a, a message for you, an important message about Calibrate Weight Loss. Why don't traditional diets work? Because you can't fight your biology with willpower. Calibrate is different. Calibrate's not a diet. 
The Calibrate program is designed to achieve metabolic health and treat the underlying biology that contributes to weight. Calibrate is a comprehensive, fully integrated program combining doctor-prescribed, FDA-approved medication, one-on-one video coaching, in-app tracking, and a community of members like you. When you start your Calibrate journey, you'll find a team that's with you every step of the way. Calibrate's earliest members lost an average of 14% of their body weight, exceeding the 10% average seen in clinical trials. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get 50% off the one-year metabolic reset when you use promo code CHAD at joincalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code CHAD at joincalibrate.com. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Visit joincalibrate.com today. Serving up talk radio, medium rare, and dripping with irony, it's Chad Benson. This is the Chad Benson Show. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Chad will be back after the holidays. Uh, just something that I think is is odd, uh, amusingly so. Um, Twitter shareholders, I'm sure you've heard in the last day or so, have decided to sue Elon Musk uh, for creating havoc uh, in the deal that no one in Twitter seemed to want for a while, uh, which is Elon buying the platform. Uh, once Twitter eventually agreed to the uh, buying of uh, Twitter for Elon Musk, uh, so that he can make it private and then make it free speech. All things that were praised by a very small portion of media and ridiculed and, and talked about as horrible and a destruction of a lot of important things by most of media and certainly social media. Uh, we've now gotten to the point uh, where Twitter uh, users, shareholders are upset with Elon because uh, he's causing a lot of uh, drama, uh, at least according to them, in the world of just how valuable the social media platform itself is. Uh, things like fake spam bot accounts, uh, something that Elon said he thought only 5% of the platform actually or less than 5% of the platform had. Uh, this is something from a filing that Twitter has to do uh, with the SEC. Uh, now wondering if it's 20% or higher as some of the questions he's asked over the last couple weeks uh, that have caused him to reconsider the deal. Uh, things in which lawyers would get involved and say that uh, Twitter kind of uh, took advantage or lied or, or tricked Elon uh, with those filings. All of that valuable, all of that interesting. Uh, but I do find it funny that in the weeks since this story first broke, uh, users of Twitter and more importantly, shareholders have gone from how horrible can this person be to try to buy this platform? Of course, we will not say yes to this, to how terrible is this guy for trying to not buy this platform and make it not valuable? This guy is the worst. It seems that Elon cannot win uh, with the Twitter crowd. I'm sure he's so, so happy. He will eventually own that platform, I imagine. Uh, I saw this story. This made me feel very good. It's going to trigger a little bit of a personal story, too, that hopefully uh, you don't mind me telling on the show, filling in for Chad. But first, I saw that emotional support dogs have been arriving in Texas at the shooting site to help people cope. Uh, this is a really cool initiative. A few churches are actually the ones that have organized this. They have a canine ministry, I guess, a Lutheran Church of Charities there. Uh, that is cheering people up uh, by bringing in all kinds of dogs, uh, puppies and adult dogs, uh, to interact with those who would like to interact with puppies and dogs uh, to feel a little bit better. It is uniquely true, uh, and this is someone who had uh, pets growing up, and actually just a few months ago, uh, for the first time in my adult life, shortly after my wife and I bought our first home, uh, adopted our first uh, dog as an adult. 
uh, which is definitely different than what I remember as far as the challenges that go in to having a pet as a kid. Uh, they're quite a bit different, uh, I will be honest. And this is, I guess, the personal story, even though I very much am happy uh, with my new puppy. Uh, she has shown me several times what she thinks about my radio career. Uh, the only place in our entire house that I can't seem to potty train her away uh, from making a, a quote-unquote accident indoors is my home studio, is right near all of my my home microphones. Uh, that is where she's more most likely to leave me a little present. Uh, that present is something that most people would say shows me she's not a fan. And actually, I was talking to producer Phil before the show. Uh, everyone is indeed a critic. Uh, but I do love the idea uh, that puppies or dogs would have any impact on on people in mourning. Uh, as many studies have said, and I know that maybe this is a little bit uh, overly cliche or whatever, uh, because, again, I'm, I'm happy about uh, being a dog owner now. I'm happy about a lot of the joy uh, that is brought uh, and not necessarily the criticism of my on-air skills uh, from my dog. Uh, but I do think that it's a pretty cool move, and I'm I'm glad that uh, churches uh, are involved, that there's a faith component to it, too. Because uh, the other thing I've been thinking all week long, and I guess maybe I'll, I'll end on, on this moment as we have a break coming up in just a bit, um, but faith is such a valuable component. Uh, it's something in my life that I've talked about on the air before. I'm a Catholic. I'm not telling you what religion to be, but I think faith is a, is a valuable component to getting through challenges like this. One of the most profound things I was ever told by a pastor uh, during a class in which a kid asked, why does God let bad things happen, is that God is is there for us when we need him, uh, but God is someone that gives us the right to, to live our lives and uh, choose uh, what it is that happens within them, and that that is Im important. And it was hard for kids to understand, uh, certainly hard to understand at any time, uh, I think, when, when we go through difficult things or when difficult hap things happen in the world. Uh, but that that uh, value that faith does provide uh, through that struggle is one that I've seen prayers mentioned constantly uh, this week. I don't know what what uh, faith specifically people are, uh, but there's definitely a comfort in thinking that there is a a higher cause, a higher um, purpose uh, in life uh, for those who are 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 with us. Uh, so I leave you on that uh, mumbly message. Have an enjoyable uh, holiday, Chad. Back after the holiday, Craig Collins filling in on the show. This is the Chad Benson Show.